Welcome to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners. I'm your host, Maureen Warbach. Hey everyone, I'm super excited about today's podcast episode where I interview Mary Beth Storr-Johan and we talk all about money. Mary Beth is a financial planner. She's the owner of Workable Wealth, a financial planning company that works with professionals and entrepreneurial women, as well as young couples and families. She's the author of the book, Work Your Wealth, and a host of her podcast by the same name, Work Your Wealth. She's appeared in numerous media sources, including the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, NBC, Women's Health, Self, U.S. News Report, and is a trailblazer in her field. I'm really excited to be interviewing her today, and I hope you enjoy. Hey, everyone. I'm really excited today to be introducing my financial planner. Her name is Mary Beth Storjahan. She's a certified financial planner. Hey, Mary Beth. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, I know everyone who listens is going to be super excited about this because I think your um, blog episode in my in my group practice exchange blog was one of the most popular ones, and people are constantly asking questions about their finances and you know, how to manage their finances relating to business and personal. So I think people are going to really value the questions that I have for you today. So I'm really excited to, to do this. Great. I mean, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I know it's an uncomfortable topic that people worry about yeah. in their own minds and yeah. don't like to talk about. So I feel like podcasts are a great way to address the concerns. <laughs> yes, yes. So we're just going to jump right in um, and we'll go through these questions. I think it'll be uh, structured really nicely for everyone and, and hopefully they'll find the value in that. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So my first question is, what is the number one mistake you see people making with regards to their business finances? The number one mistake I see people making with their business finances is actually the same mistake that I see people making with their personal finances in that they don't actually have clarity around where their money is going or a plan for the money that's coming in. So it's, uh, it's mostly kind of just people are winging it. And there's not like, I mean, nobody's entering, like, I mean, people listening, how many of you entered 2017 with a business budget in place um, and a goal for your income? Probably none. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's unfortunate. And I know it takes the upfront work, but that's usually the biggest mistake because without that budget, without at least, and it's, you know, things go off course, of course, but without that kind of plan in mind of like, here's what my expenses are, here's what my conservative estimated income is going to be. So obviously we have to stretch goals, but you know, yeah. what's my, what's pr conservative projection for my income without knowing that it's really hard to know what you should pay yourself. It's really hard to know if you're on track for taxes to know if you can save for retirement to support your personal expenses. So that's a lot of the problems that I see in terms of small business owners. Yeah. And I, obviously, you know, that was the case with me as well. I just felt like as long as I had enough to pay for everything, then, um, I guess I'm doing okay. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, starting to work with you last year that we actually put these things in place and, um, you know, I'm paying more attention to what's coming in and where it's actually going. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think the big part is a lot of people, a lot of people are making progress with their money. It's just the, when you're moving forward on five to 10 different things at once without a plan around it, you're making really slow progress versus if you create a plan around, yes, here's where all of my money should be going and let's follow it. You have a lot more momentum there and you're seeing a lot more progress. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when looking at, I know that you work with some other therapists in the business as well. So you have a mm -hmm. little bit of 
uh, inside knowledge on, you know, just how money works in, in our industry. Months of your business expenses. So if you have your, which again, going back to a lot of people don't know what their monthly business expenses are because of the lack of clarity. But if you're at least doing your bookkeeping, one of the things that you can do is go back to your profit and loss from 2016. If you've been at it for at least a year, go back to your profit and loss from 2016. Look at what your expenses were for the year. Divide by 12 and times by three. Like that's basically the math of it is oh, like whatever, you know. So look at that and then that's the number that you should have in your savings. That's what you need to, <clears throat> to aim for as far as actually getting that number in there. I mean, it's the same thing as I would tell you with your emergency fund because that's really what we're saying. This is your business emergency fund instead of your personal emergency fund. So I would say a couple times a month basically. I'm sorry, uh, a couple hundred dollars a month if possible. Stash it aside. If you can do more, that's great, but just start setting something aside so that you can build it up slowly and surely. Uh, you're not going to ha- get that number overnight. So I would say get some sort of automated savings going, just like I always say, your person, your savings should be automated, treat it like a bill, treat your business savings just like a bill as well. Yeah. And the, uh, the other thing on that note, though, is you have to make the decision of, I'm saying business expenses, and so it's up to you whether or not you want to also include in that number your pay, your salary. So if you're like a solo person, but you have your set, your wages that you take out. If you don't have a cushion on the personal side for the flexibility and variable income, if you can't pay yourself, then include your income, your monthly pay or whatever you're taking home in that number as well. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. So I guess as like group practice owners for there, so there's a a couple of different models that we have. Um, I do percentage based, so I don't ever have to worry about when, if an employee, if an employee of mine doesn't see a client, I obviously don't have to pay them. So, and also I don't pay them unless the money comes in. So there's less risk in my, on my end. So I guess in that, in that sort of case, we wouldn't have to worry about the expense, so to speak of having employees if you're percentage based or if you're, or if we're like only paying for any income that is brought in. But I know that some group practice owners do the different models, like they either pay salary whether or not the clinicians see a client or not, which then obviously means that if they they have months where there's less clients being seen and they still have to generate that money for the to pay their clinicians. Yeah, that should be in there. Yeah, that that's, so that's definitely that should definitely be in there. And the same thing. So if you have the percentage basis, you're still paying yourself a fixed amount from your business, though. So if the percentage, right. if those people stop seeing clients are you still going to be able to pay yourself because that percentage that's going to go to your income could be going down. Okay. So that's what I'm saying in terms of the savings. In, as, as the business owner, you have to make a call about whether or not to pay, make your own pay in that savings as well. So, you, But yeah, if you have any employees, any, any staff that are you're paying an hourly rate or whatever, like yeah. ongoing continuous, that should definitely be factored okay. into what goes into your savings in terms of the monthly expenses. Okay, perfect. So for most of us, it'll be our expenses. And um, a lot of us have admin that are paid hourly. So adding them in there and then looking into our own, you know, what we want to have for our own pay in case times get hard and adding that in there. Exactly. Okay, awesome. I don't know if I did that for myself. I don't know. I have we, to look at that now. Well, or did you? If you know, if you that. if you actually set this up, so I'm sure then you yeah, yeah, took that like into you're, account. You're, yeah, I feel like you're okay. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Um, that's really good. I think that's some advice that I don't think anyone would be thinking about in terms of their businesses expenses is including their own, you know, their own pay in that. So that's really good advice. Well, people aren't necessarily sure of what they're actually paying themselves or if they're taking home what they could be taking. You know. A lot of times people are taking home the very minimum because they're not sure what they should pay themselves. They're yeah. taking home. Like, there's no, uh, if, they're, if they're not on payroll, 
then a lot of people just kind of wing it. Yeah, I've I just noticed. had a consult today with someone who just takes money as they need it, kind of randomly when when they need to, you know, get groceries or whatnot. Um, it's not helpful. At no, all. no, and it's not very fun then to feel like you know you're not really getting paid in that sense. So, mm-hmm. okay, that's awesome, awesome advice. I'm really excited for that one. I feel like we're going to have a lot of discussions in our in our group about that. Going to the next question, which I know a lot of people also talk about, especially at the beginning of the year is business taxes. (laughs) (laughs) So what advice do you have for group practice owners whose business income is increasing uh, each year when it comes to taxes? Because I feel like we just don't know what we're doing when it comes to that. Oh my gosh. This is like, you're not alone, A. (laughs) And and so this is the thing. A lot of people, I will say, a lot of people get angry because they're like, my CPA didn't tell me. My accountant didn't tell me. I think I maybe saw this discussion in your group. Yeah, probably. probably. Uh, um, There was a lot of anger. And uh, it's up to you. You should really talk to your CPA if that's actually their job. So they're going to have you pay estimated taxes on last year's income. That's basically what they do across the board. Yeah. CPA is like, here's what you owe based on last year's income. Here's your little stubs every quarter. Mail this paper in with your check or do online payments, whatever you need to do. That's based on last year's income. If you pay that number, yes, you are going to owe at the end of the year because your income has gone up. Yes. And so that's not to tell your CPA's responsibility to tell you because they do stuff with you once a year, right? Like for the most part, your CPA is checking in. If you don't have the mom retainer, they look at you once a year and, and tell you what to do based off of last year. A financial planner like me, that's that's where somebody, I, I work with my clients to say, okay, here's how we actually catch you up. Um, and your CPA, you know, realistically, so if your business, if you're paying based on last year's taxes, what you what you need to be doing, what I have all of my clients doing is this is why bookkeeping is so important. You need to be running your profit and loss each month. Your bookkeeping should be up to date. If it's not, if you don't like doing your bookkeeping, you need to outsource it. But basically each quarter, you should be looking at your profit and loss and whatever your net income is, like whatever's left over after those expenses, you should be setting aside 30% for taxes and you should be paying taxes based on that quarter's income. So when you mailed in for, we're in May, if you mailed in for April for 2017, you should have mailed in for January through March 2017 income. I set just, that aside. I just paid. did that. That was really yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And that's a lot of people don't do that. A lot no. of people are paying based off whatever their CPA told them based off of last year's income. And that does not factor in your growing income. So right. never mind this cross whatever is out on that paper, cross the number out and then put in your new number. So you're looking at, I mean, conservatively, we usually say 30%. It just really depends on what your, um, what your income is and your tax and the state that you live in. Yeah. But I would say, I mean, like, so for California, for example, like anywhere from like 25% for federal and like actually could be up to like 9% for state. So it just it depends on where you live. Okay. But 30% is conservative. Uh, ask your CPA maybe for the percentage that you should be mailing in for state. Or you can look at your taxes from last year, whatever your tax rate was. If it, your effective rate was like 22% and whatever the state one was, apply that to your net income and then mail that amount in each quarter. That's what's going to keep you on track so that you don't owe as much. Do you? Or, uh, yeah. Do you have any, this is all kind of off the topic of my questions that I gave you, but I think you'll be fine, is any suggestions for saving money or having different accounts set up for, because I know on my end with, you know, you set this up with me, having the emergency fund, which is a separate account personally, and we have some separate accounts set up for vacations and all that kind of stuff. But on the business side, do you make suggestions for people to open up an account separate for, you know, putting money away each month towards taxes or towards expenses or anything like that? Or 
You're totally leading me into that. You know I do. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So for your business, uh, have a main checking account. You're going to have a savings account. And then it, you, at a minimum, want two savings accounts. Your emergency savings account and your your tax savings account. So what I actually do is I go in every month and look at my like my own profit and loss. Same thing. I'm a small business owner and I have my I love for my clients to do this or if you're listening, do this as well. Yeah. Every month you look at your profit and loss, look at the net income, transfer 30%. From your checking account into that tax savings account. Then when you're mailing in your quarterlies, you have that money in a savings account, you transfer it back over, you're good to go. Okay. So I usually say two savings accounts. Uh, if you sometimes it's up to three because if you need the emergency cushion and you're not comfortable commingling, like if you have, if you want to save for a new hire, you want to save for an office expansion, and you need to make some big purchases, if you don't feel comfortable commingling those funds with your emergency fund, then yes, another account could be helpful there. But I'm usually okay if you're going to put, you know, as long as you can keep it on a sheet, like on a spreadsheet somewhere saying, you know, if you have $10,000 in your emergency account that 5,000 is for the, you know, emergency business cushion and $5,000 for like big X purchase, just in your mind, if you can have that discipline, that's good. Okay. okay. That's good. That's good. I, I'm noticing that people are having a hard time with paying themselves or figuring out how they should pay themselves. And I guess I, I know it can depend on how you're structured but since mm-hmm. most of us are group practice owners, we're either LLC, PLLC, or an S corp, and I don't I don't know the difference because I only know about S corp stuff. So I have payroll and distribution. But do you have any suggestions for how people can figure out whether it's percentage or how to start paying themselves? Because I do see that so many people just don't pay themselves and continue to you know put money into the business only or are afraid to take money out or afraid to figure out how much money they should be taking out. And I'm assuming that you're going to say consistency is good with regards to taking money out, uh, although maybe not. What are your thoughts on that just in tar- with, with regards to paying yourself as the owner of a business? So two things. So if you're an S-corp, yes, then you have the payroll. If you're not an S-corp, you don't have payroll and you can basically everything just flows through to your taxes anyways and you there's you don't run payroll. You can write yourself checks or transfer the money. Oh, perfect. Um, in terms of how often and how much you should pay yourselves, if you're not paying yourself anything, you need to start paying yourself something immediately. Okay. So you better aim to like, my thought is aim to pay yourself $500 a month. I mean, minimum, okay. like at least if you're not doing anything right now, that should be where you start. And whether you do that on the first of each month or every two weeks, break it up or whatever, if it's, you know, 250, 250 for on the first and 15th, whatever works best for your cash flow situation, but you need to get used to paying yourself. That's yeah. like, that's number one thing right there, because from that point, like that's your starting point. And then your goal from there is to bump it up every year. Okay. That's where I would say in terms of paying yourself a percentage, it's hard to say, because again, what you need to do is look at what your business expenses are. Then you need to back out your taxes and then at what's left over after that, that's basically actually what you can pay yourself. So if, what, if you have net income left over at the end of each month, and then you're backing out 30% taxes, anything left over after that is yours that you could actually take home. Um, you could save it, you can you know, pay yourself, whatever it is. My thought is to start with something, but realistically, the number that works for you, you need to go back to this goes in line with your personal finances. So if you look at your personal budget, what's going on in your household, and you figure out what your expenses are, like what are your what do you have to have to keep the lights on to like live your, you know, to, to gas, electric insurance, all of those personal things that need to happen. What's the bare minimum? Um, you need to probably at least get that. So if you don't, if you're not a dual income household, you need to make up whatever you need to basically do the bare minimum. But ideally you should be looking at what do you need to do that plus save for your retirement. 
Yes, uh, you're, you're, big, you're big on yeah. retirement. Yeah, I'm big on mm-hmm. retirement. So I'm not going to tell you, I mean, yeah, travel's not going to happen. If you're trying to buy a house right now, probably not going to happen. Like forget everything else. If you're not paying yourself from your business, like forget doing all the extra fun stuff right now and just focus on giving yourself a paycheck. Uh, but I, I can't, and it's so vague in terms of giving an amount, but I usually say just start with like $500, start there and then bump it up like every six months, do something. Um, but you should be giving yourself annual increases. Okay. That's it. So if you already are paying yourself a salary, then set up, you know, thinking about going into so 2017, your base is whatever, 2018, how much do you want to be making? And Perfect. then you bump it up from there. Awesome. What is your favorite tip to give business owners when it comes to money? There's so many. Uh, <laughs> Well, I guess it could be more than one if, if, if a couple are coming up. I mean, I think, I mean, honestly, hire a financial planner. Like if you can't do the, if you don't like the numbers, please get help. That's basically probably the one thing I can say. If you're not doing the numbers, that's like one thing, like hire somebody who can help you with the numbers, whether it's bookkeeping, a bookkeeper will organize the numbers, a financial planner, like me, the way, like the way that we work together, you know, it's more like, it's also strategy around the numbers. Like, okay, here's your numbers. Your bookkeeper is not going to tell you what they all mean. Yes. Again, your bookkeeper is responsible for organizing the numbers. The CPA is responsible for helping you pay your taxes. Strategy-wise, you're typically going to need a financial planner because they do like kind of more comprehensive, bigger stuff like, okay, well, here's how much you should put into retirement because this will help you to retire at this age. Or here's what you should, you know, no, you can't afford to hire this new person because that will step you back here. That's You need to have like some sort of accountability person. That's can, probably what can you tips. Yeah. Can you go in a little bit of detail on what you do specifically when it comes to being a financial planner? Because, I mean, I obviously can talk about what you're doing with me, which is like so much more than what I thought I was getting from a financial planner. (laughs) Like I never thought you were going to have me work through wills and, and, and all of this other stuff. So, um, I think there's people don't know, um, you know, what a financial planner really does or that, you know, if it's different from having an accountant. So if you can talk a little bit about, you know, just with you specifically what you do, um, in terms of helping, uh, business owners and families with regards to financial planning, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So uh, the financial planner, so there's some that work like just on the personal side, my business has evolved. Obviously I work with a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs. And so it's evolved into business strategy as well. And so what happens realistically, when you have a small business, you clearly also have a personal life and those two things have to go hand in hand and they have to support each other. So when working with clients, what usually happens is they come on and we do a whole bunch of data gathering. So in terms of like, let's actually figure out what your business expenses are. Let's figure out, you know, let's get your bookkeeping organized so we can understand and then say, okay, here's your business bookkeeping. Shoot, you're probably spending too much money in these areas. Let's make some adjustments. And and let's look at your personal cash flow and see if there's any adjustments or ways that we can pay down debt faster or save for your goals faster. So there's cash flow organization. There's retirement planning of, okay, let's actually think about it. Are you saving enough now? You know, when do you want to retire? Yes, we sometimes say that we want to work forever, but that's probably not realistic. So when do you want to retire and how much do you need to be saving to get on track there? And honestly, like how far behind are you? Like, let's have the real honest conversation. And then you're talking about things like life insurance and yes, like wills. And the other thing for us as small business owners, like business continuity plans, like what happens to you to to your clients if something happens to you, I mean, so that basically what happens to the business, if you can't be there to see your clients and you can't be there to run the business, then who's taking over, who's unwinding things down. So that's part of financial planning as well as talking through those things. It's talking through, you know, tax saving strategies. So yes, if you have a crappy CPA, let's find you a new one and let's work together to get you on track. Um, and then investments too. So 
how much you need to save for retirement, and then also how do we invest that money for you? And then it's also about strategy for making smart things. So depending on what your goals are, do you want to buy a house? Do you want to travel more? Do you want to buy a vacation home? Do you want to put kids through college? Those are all things that are addressed through part of understanding your cash flow. That's why I say a lot of people don't understand their money. And so they actually want to do all these things and kind of are doing them, but aren't really sure if they should be doing them. So part of that plan that I create for clients is saying, okay, here's what you want to do. Like, let's actually get some accounts open. Let's cut back in these areas. Let's save money into these accounts so that you can take that trip when you want to take that trip or like buy that thing that you want to buy or, you know, hire that person you want to hire, whatever it is. It's basically working to create a plan around those things. And then it's holding you accountable. That's the big thing. It's I can give you a plan. I've been in the industry for 13 years. I, the reason I work with clients, all my clients work with me on an ongoing basis because I know darn well that if I give most of my entrepreneur clients a plan, they're like, okay, I'll do like three of them. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And then I won't hear, you know, the rest of the plan is not implemented and there's nobody there that's like guiding you along or that you have that resource to life changes to ask questions of. So that's a big part of what I do as well as act as an accountability partner and then just like a resource, so, you know, teaching and educating. I mean, how many emails have we sent back and forth I, about random things? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like... going to say, if, if, the, if I didn't get those automated, automated emails from you that say like, you know, at, when we first started working together, you came up with a whole year's worth of goals of different things I have to do every single month. You're right. Most entrepreneurs are like, you know, have good intentions, but get busy and then prioritize things that are easier or not so scary uh, over it. Yep. And if I didn't get those emails from you each month that says, okay, this month you're supposed to, you know, get that will set up and figure out your husband's disability and uh, insurance and all that. Like if I didn't get that, I, I one, would have forgotten that I even had to do that, you know, since <laughs> yeah. the time we t- last talked. But it also, I save the email and I'm like, every week I see it in there and then think I got I got to do it. I got to do it. Next month, you know, is coming up and my n- new goals are going to get emailed to me soon. <laughs> so it's really, it is really nice with um, regards to being held accountable. I got, yeah, I'm getting way more done than I ever would have if you would, if I would have just met with you once and then throw, you know, f- what is it? 40 pages. I don't even know. It's a lot of pages <laughs> of things that I need to do. I probably would have gotten maybe three or four done. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, it's baby steps, right? So it's prioritized two or three things and that's your finances overall business, personal. Yes, yeah. I mean, if you're feeling like your business finances are totally out of control, stop and then just let's first think like the first thing you need like I said is the business budget you need to get your business budget in place and your cash flow and understand where the money is coming from how many clients you have and then what your goals are and then everything else can kind of fall into place without understanding how much money you're making or how much money you're spending yeah like that's just where you start so forget about everything else right now and how much to pay yourself do that first and then worry about taxes then worry about how to pay yourself like just one thing at a time and I think a lot of people just that's like the tip too is one thing at a time. Don't do it. Don't try to do it all at once, especially if you're trying to do it on your own. It's just not realistic. Yeah. And I also like that, um, you know, I think we have this fear that working with financial planners will mean that we have to stop spending, you know, at least on the personal side, stop spending money and that you're going to have us put all our money to retirement and then we're going to not live the lifestyle we are, you know, able to have now, which for me is, you know, getting Starbucks every day. I remember thinking like, (laughs) she's going to tell me that I shouldn't be buying Starbucks every day and that's going to piss me off. (laughs) And then you did it. Or when I said, you know, I I remember emailing you uh, maybe six months in being like, so, you know, that vacation fund that we opened, I think I want to put more in. And you're like, yeah, do it. Let's, uh," you know, and then you helped me figure out where I could take away from to add to vacations because for me that is a you know a big thing more so than clothes and other stuff. So Exactly. which I think a lot of people are afraid of uh, with financial planners that they're going to be told that they're 
spending too much, which maybe they are, but then that they're not going to be able to spend on the things that they want to spend on. And that's a misconception, right? A lot of people, like, whereas like a cash flow or budget, like it's not meant to like, I mean, it, it could be a little restrictive. Yes. If you're living outside of your means, but then it really, what you do before you do any of the cash flow stuff is you figure out what your goals are. Like, what are your goals for your business? How much income do you want to bring in? Like, why are you doing this? What's the reason is it because it's your passion. It makes you happy. Your family needs the money. And what are those income goals? Like, and what, like, what are the personal things you want to accomplish? And so that helps you to set income goals for yourself. And then, and then you start to put the money where it matters because you're like, okay, these are the things that are important to me, whether it's travel, like maybe it is buying that new home or whatever, whatever those things are, you're super clear on that. And then it makes it easier to make those decisions to cut out other things that maybe aren't as meaningful to you. That's awesome. Really good advice. Um, is there anything, any other things that you wanted to bring up or say? That I um, asked no, of? I think the other thing, just um, like a, a thing that I see with small business owners a lot too, is if you're bringing, if your business is making money, and you don't have disability insurance, you probably should. Like this is one of the things that we talk about uh. is you want to have, I know. <laughs> you should have it. And you don't necessarily have to get a private policy. If you guys have any associations that you're a part of, sometimes you can get a group policy there. Okay. Just some sort of coverage that protects your income. If you, for some reason, are out of work for three, six months, whatever, you you want that because chances are your emergency fund is not going to cover. Yeah, cover that. Yeah. Shoot, I forgot. Did, did I do that? Uh, no, it's on your, it's on your account. It's on my, is that my, this month? <laughs> it's, it's like, in the, yeah, maybe, it's yeah, like, yeah, coming up. This is so bad. I was like, wait a minute. Did I do that on the checklist or not? Cause I remember no, there was one for you and there was one. Yeah. It's my part husband, of our... I think that's the one we just mm -hmm. got done. Okay. So, okay, great. Good, good feedback. And I, I don't think anyone thinks about disability insurance, um, as a, you know, an entrepreneur. No. Know? all you're trying to like just run the business you right. have a thousand things going on so Perfect. then you're like are you serious insurance and everybody hates insurance but realistically yeah. it's, it's there to help us yes. and i just the whole rant on my own podcast about this oh did you <laughs> i totally ranted about insurance i got like, kicked off that i did an interview with uh, a guy that i leveraged for insurance a lot and then i kicked it off like six minutes with them just like let's be real here we're all gonna die all <laughs> the risk of injury <laughs> go on oh eager my gosh. Yeah. well going so. on that note i want you to um just to end this, let everyone know how they could find you if they wanted to find you. Now that we've stressed you out, yes. uh, know that I'm very nice and very kind. Oh, no. Okay. So you can reach me at uh, workablewealth.com is my website. And then you can always email me at marybeth at workablewealth.com. And the name of the podcast and the name of the book, actually, they're both called Work Your Wealth. Perfect. That's awesome. All right. Um, I'll put all that stuff also in the show notes as well. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mary Beth. Thank you for having me. Awesome talking to you as usual. Likewise. All right. I'll talk to you later.